Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the TIFO Football Podcast. I'm Joe Devine and today I was joined by Seb Stafford-Bloor and two other fantastically exciting guests. The first was Angus Kinnear, who is the CEO of Leeds United. And the second was Anouk Mertens, who is the managing director of NEO Studios and the executive producer of uh, the Leeds United documentary Take Me Home. Um, we discussed with our guests today series two, two episodes uh, that cover Leeds promotion season. So it's very exciting. Both of these people have uh, very complicated jobs and it was uh, very interesting to, to talk to them about their roles and what they do on a day-to-day basis. How you go about making a documentary like this with so much footage and, and uh, I suppose so many uh, moments to have to stop and reassess narratives and, and all the rest of it. So from a creative perspective, it's a fascinating conversation. But also, um, we were delighted to be joined by both at the same time so that we could talk about the, the dynamic there as well. Because, of course, um, Angus says he had some reservations initially before Series 1 of Take Me Home. Of course, any football club or anyone running a football club probably would do. And from uh, Anouk's perspective as well, obviously their focus is on storytelling they want to they want to make the best documentary possible so I like I wanted to ask both of them together really whether those desires worked in tandem throughout the process or whether they ever sort of crossed over did was there ever a situation where you know Angus and from Leeds the club perspective d- didn't want this particular bit to come out or from Anouk's perspective there was a, a wonderful bit that they, they couldn't use T- turns out I don't think there was any veto but it that that sort of conversation um was particularly interesting to to me Seb and I have discussed recently the the Tottenham Hotspur documentary too and I think there's always a line I suppose one of the common criticisms of shows like this is that they can end up just being adverts for football clubs uh, and so I put that to both Anouk and to Angus to see what they would say and the response was very very interesting so uh, many thanks to both of our guests for attending and of course to, to Seb too. Before we get started though I would like to remind you that uh, if you like Leeds or football or Leeds and football or just sports generally, uh, you should subscribe to The Athletic because for the duration of September, you can get an, an introductionary offer uh, for £1 a month, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I think we cover 11 different sports, something like that, dedicated journalists for every team. The quality is fantastic and I'm sure many Leeds fans listening will know that the one and only Phil Hay is the Athletic correspondent for Leeds United. He's a fantastic chap and his uh, his work is true. Truly, truly valuable, and I think you'll all agree, worth £1 a month. So if you want to do that, you can visit theathletic.com forward slash TIFO. Okay, so without further ado, I will leave you now in the warm hands and the cool embrace of Angus Kinnear and Anouk Mertens. A 
Anouk, I'd like to ask you first, if I might, because I think it's a very big undertaking when you have a camera crew, follow a group of people around for such a long period of time. I imagine there's an awful lot of footage, an awful lot of editing, an awful lot of conversations about, about narrative. And as you know, you're, you're recording something which is live, I imagine that also changes uh, throughout the year. So I really want to ask you, when you are starting thinking about creating something like this, how does it work from that editing standpoint? How do you begin the project before, before it starts? And what sort of things do you try to, to put in place to, um, to plan for the, for the upcoming year? Before you get started, obviously, you think about the characters and story that you can tell. And that's, that's in, in every production that you start, and, and also it's no different than, than the we did with Leeds. Um, where is the story in, in, in this one? Who do we need to follow? How many people do we need to follow? And you start planning based on that. Specifically for Leeds, what we did is we looked for a local partner that had people on the ground close to the club that understand the club, the city, know the fans, uh, which which was really valuable, I think, in this process. And then you, know, you start to to plan accordingly on, on match days, non-match days, how many camera crews do you need? Um, what do, we, do they need to capture? What are they allowed to capture? How do they get in the practical uh, details that we have been... Um, harassing <laughs> the club <laughs> with for the past two years um, and and uh, but but it was really good relationship feedback uh, on, on how we would arrange everything from a practical point of view and then obviously it starts with capturing the most interesting bits and based on because this is the thing if, if you start shooting in the beginning of a season you have no clue where the season is going to go you'll have some ideas on who to follow and who you think will be best to tell a story throughout the season but yeah. you don't know where the season is going so you adjust accordingly capture any unexpected things that are happening during that season so you need to be on your toes you need to be have that constant eye on, on, on what is happening uh, also have a close relationship with the club that be informed on you know what's happening within the club with behind those closed doors that we that we could uh, assess does it make sense to include that in in the story or not um and the editing starts really as a second part after after that and and in particularly in in, in this last season if you look at the post-production there's a lot of material um that we, that we have we Obviously, the people need to start logging, you know, all that material because otherwise it becomes impossible to to, to uh, edit and you know get the best pieces out of that. So, typically, you would need after this season like sixteen weeks of post production. Uh, we squeeze that into eight, which made it, wow. Uh, it's we had like people working sixteen hours a day, seven days a week, uh, just to make sure that we got this ready in time for the start of the Premier League so right yeah and I, I said I was going to ask this before I, it might be quite a boring question to people listening but it's twofold the first is how does the, the storage situation work with all of that material and the second is if you are filming uh, you know for hours uh, on, on filming days is it somebody's responsibility to watch back through everything to make sure that you're not leaving out you know something that's a fantastic aside or a lovely bit of color or a great bit of interview or do you just accept that it's maybe not possible for one team of people to watch every minute of footage that has been that has been recorded everybody involved in the project has responsibility when when they start shooting obviously logging what they 
have shot. And that's also the role of, of the director that we had is to make sure that he constantly had an overview of who was shooting what, keeping a very good log of that and then make sure that we know where, where we would find the right bits and pieces that would fit fit the stories. So it's an important role for the director to oversee that um, and make sure that we don't miss anything. And I think he, he has done a great job on that. Angus, can I ask, just ask you, when you um, when you first heard of the project, did you, um, back in the first series, um, did you have any reservations? Uh, yes, I had lots of reservations. <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the concern with series like this is that is is how they're going to portray the club and the staff and whether they're going to do it fairly and um i was always sort of conscious that uh that you know there might be a desire to turn people including me into a you know you don't want to come across as a david brent um you uh, <laughs> uh you know you don't want the the, the club to be uh to be to be ridiculed because I know that makes good viewing, and you know obviously I couldn't have been more wrong in terms of the way that uh, uh, that Neo and the City Talking you know approached this. Uh, they were I think they gave a really honest and truthful picture of what it's like in the club day by day, and they were they were sensitive to the challenges that we all we all faced. And I think once you've built up that that level of trust over with them, then the really I think that's when why, why the documentary comes across as so honest because everybody everybody believed they'd be treated fair. And, and to be honest, the, the, the camera crew, they just became part of the, the daily life of the club. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You mentioned there the idea of being made to look like David Brent. I want to come back to the other side of your, your answer, but let's start with that because that's, it's a very interesting concept for someone to be filmed throughout, um, well, I mean, throughout the year, I suppose. And Angus, your, your character, for want of a better term, is very important in series two because there's a there's a kind of lack of um, Marcelo Bielsa, which I'd like to discuss at some point. But also, it's sort of you and Victor Orta, really, that and Russell Crowe that helped determine the, the narrative of the show. So it's a really important character, I think. Did you feel that pressure? What was it like to be filmed regularly? Did you feel your behaviour changing at all when you're on camera? Because I think that's a very, very normal thing, isn't it? What, what was your experience of it? I, I mean, yeah, no, I, it was, I mean, obviously Russell's wanted to work with me for a long time. It was a great opportunity for him. Um, but, uh, to, to be honest, you, you don't, you don't view it in those, in, in those terms. You, you never know what's going to be used and what's, and what's not going to be used. So there was, you know, there's, there's sort of hours and hours of footage and, um, and, you really sort of lose track of how it's going to be how it's going to be put together and whether you're going to end up being being an important voice or or not an important voice i think because of because of lockdown and managing the club through that my role became um, became more important. I think there's an element that where I get used because you can't understand a lot of what Victor says um despite the fact what he says is much more interesting i don't think um i don't think it i don't think it changed i think it it, it, it caught us in in moments and i think in some of the in some of the, the sort of uh, pieces to camera, it's really just me, you know, almost chatting as I would to a friend or a colleague um, through through what's happening. And I think that I think that's why the results, you know, that's why the supporters are enjoying the results. Seb, wouldn't it be great if all of the clothes shops that you shopped at only had your size, the styles you like, and everything at the price you want? It'd be good for you. It'd be bad for me. Oh, it'd be great, Jay. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop, and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic 
to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you. I could really use something like this. My looks are a little non-great. You are you're, you're quite an unusually shaped person as well. So I feel like something that's tailored to you is uh, would be a real asset. <laughs> Unusual shape. Wow. Goodness, great. I just thought that we were here to talk about the power of Stitch Fix, but apparently, apparently I've arrived at some kind of group. Anyway, great looks personalized just for you. Do you know how much you'll pay uh, for a styling fee for each fix, Seb? No, tell me, Joe. You'll pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. So schedule it at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. So in my case, most clothes that are <laughs> normal sized. Is that, the, is that what you're saying? I was just saying that you, you have unusual properties. You are a very, very tall man, uh -huh. and unusually yeah. so. Guess what? Can't buy shoes in shops. So maybe Stitch Fix can help me with, uh, with some shoes. And I bet they could. I'm going to find out by getting started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That's what I'll be doing right now. That's stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic for clothes that are in the size, style and price that Seb wants. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hank, it's a bit of a speculative question, but do you think um, do you think football's attitude towards um, this style of documentary is changing? Because for a long time, when you talked about behind the scenes anything in football, everyone imagined either an impossible job or Orient Club for a fiver, and could only kind of envisage a worst case scenario where they, you know, the, the David Brent situation which you outlined. Do you think it's kind of um, do you think that's that's changing and evolving, and people are seeing kind of the um, you know, the value in, in, in letting people through the door and behind the curtain? I, th I think we certainly, we certainly did. I, I think one of the, the, the challenges that we had as a club is that we've had, you know, all the, all the, all the supporters have endured, you know, 20 years of very mediocre ownership. And, uh, and when Andrea became custodian of the club, I think, you know, they feared, they feared the same, you know, an Italian guy, an entrepreneur coming in with no, no connection to the club previously. I think what the, the documentary was, was able to do for the club was it was able to, sh to show people it just at the very, at the most base level, it showed the supporters that we cared, you know, we don't get, we don't get everything right. We've got lots of things wrong, in fact, but I think the overwhelming response for the supporters was that they had a group of people at the club who, who cared as much for the success as they did, you know, in terms of how the club's developing, that pillar is, you know, the, 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 the trust that I think we've 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 um, developed with the fan base and the fact that they've been able to see that firsthand through the documentary has been one of the pillars that that has got Leeds United back to where we we believe it belongs and that was always always our objective was to was was to create um, a sense of unity between um, the the board the players the coaching staff and the supporters and that hasn't existed at Leeds United and we felt if we could get that unity back there was really no limit to the ambitions for the club I was surprised because I think the documentary has actually played a bigger role in that than I thought it would because I think it's it's uh, it's made the supporters you know realize how hard everybody's working here and that even when we're not getting things 
you know, right when we failed in the playoffs, it wasn't for lack of endeavour or intent or commitment. That really comes across as well, Angus, from watching the couple of episodes. I think some of my favourite shots were during games, uh, during the during the lockdown when there are no fans. You know that there's a sort of that the, it looks like the documentary team lean on you and Victor Orta uh, to show the passion when a goal goes in. Which, I, to be honest, even if Victor was there and there were ten thousand fans, I still think he seems to be shouting louder than everybody else. Um, and look, can I ask you then? Because you mentioned before, like characters uh, picking picking people beforehand. Uh, I'd like to ask you what what drew you to Angus, other than the fact that he's the CEO of the club, so an obvious target. But I wondered if you you know he he seems to be there sort of throughout. So if there was something about his character that that was useful uh, to to you and your team from a creative um, standpoint but also just generally speaking before you actually start filming how do you think about who to film how do you think about what what characters to pick do you have a checklist for example when we started the series we we wanted to give a broad view of of the club and the city which means that we needed to have some of the staff uh, key staff board members fans players so we 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 wanted to have that mixture and we had some debate on, on who to follow and obviously during when you start shooting you quickly discover who really works well on camera and who can tell a good story and and because of, of angus obviously um he's the face of the club he can really you know bring the passion across for that club and i think all of the characters that that, that are featured within the documentary share that same passion if, if you talk about victor and, and the feedback that we had from a production point of view also from the, the platform as from from some fans saying well we looking at it from the outside we didn't really always saw the passion that was there if it didn't being angus or victor or andrea or, or anybody else within the club you have given us that that view and that and that really transforms the way that you look at the club, really, that inside look make you feel involved, and even though not everything goes right, at least you understand and you you appreciate the effort being done uh, and and how difficult the ending was in, in last season. It was also, I think, personally from a documentary point of view, it was a very beautiful ending. It was painful for the fans and for everybody. Well, I'm glad it worked for you, Luke. <laughs> I know it was, <laughs> but it's from 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 a storytelling point of view, the the you know the way you you bounce back and and the, the trust and saying we're gonna do this, it, the, the it's very powerful even in this kind of a defeat to say just stand up and say we go again, and then and that's the that for me really worked well and then everybody involved including Angus and and. Angus, you in, in the second season were very cru- crucial in taking us along through through this very extraordinary season, and, and especially during COVID as well. And uh, I think it it helps people to really get engaged with the club and, and understand how difficult yeah. it is to 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 run a club. Uh, I'm glad you said that. This is the exact dynamic I was hoping for with this podcast. Is a little bit of conflict between the documentary team and the club. <laughs> I, I want to come to ask these questions. I think it's very interesting. And I, do you know, I was going to save it for a little later, but let's just jump into it now because we, we've come to it organically. Um, I think what what was particularly interesting to me about about recording this is obviously speaking to both of you about about your jobs. Uh, you seem to work exceptionally hard, and they are you know very impressive roles. So that's particularly interesting. But also 
so you know there are you will both have uh, hopes and aims when you're approaching a project like this many of them will cross over i imagine you know making a great documentary which is is fantastic for leeds fans and chronicles what is um, a hugely important season for the club is is presumably the main aim but also i imagine that there will be uh, you know, you'll have some slightly different aims as well. I mean, we've heard just there, obviously it's sad for the fans, but from a documentary standpoint, from a, from a narrative standpoint, not being re- uh, promoted the season before Leeds eventually were, it actually kind of works quite well for the story and helps bounce into to series two. And look, let me let me ask you then, in terms of uh, of of access to the club, what are you, what were your hopes going going into this? What did you get out of it? Um, do you did you ever feel that there, you know, that you were kind of pulling in one direction and that Angus, for example, is pulling in another direction, or did it feel fairly smooth throughout? Overall, we had a very, very smooth uh, working relationship. And I know from in the beginning, and, and Angus, when we when we first met and talked about this documentary, we felt a lot that there was a bit of reserve. Sort of like, what is this going to be like? How are we going to tell the story? And and I think it's about building that trust also with the local team, and to make sure that we want to tell an honest story. Uh, and we we were not in this to you know portray uh, or ridiculize anybody. Um, but for us, it was important that we did get the access and we did get some sort of a you know the, the liberty to tell the story that we wanted to tell. And I think by the way of having an honest conversation and 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 just regularly checking in for this is what we want to do, is that that worked well in the end. I think for hopefully Angus for both parties. Um, um, obviously, we need to take into account that it's not the main business of people running the club of being characters in a documentary. So um, we we may have come with lists of requirements that were not always possible or are um, feasible. But at least uh, I think we we came up with a, a good set of of agreements uh, that what what could be shot how we could enter so it was basically a, a weekly a weekly check-in to see what what could be done and what was interesting to film so that's interesting from a process standpoint um angus uh who who has final say did you have a veto on anything no we didn't need one i i mean i guess that that was his nervousness at the start but i think um i think the guy as anouk said it's really about the, the guys on the ground the guys who are with us every day and, and they really became you know part of the office you know when we went up you know although they were holding the cameras they were celebrating with everyone else because they'd spent they'd spent two years w- with the club and i think that was the that was the key it was they just became part of the part of the fabric of the of the club and because they were so trusted i don't think there are any david brent figures here but you needed the confidence that people aren't going you aren't going to be uh, uh edited in a way to make you to make yeah. you look like that and once we had that trust i think everybody in the club actually became a, a sort of convert to the to, to the project because when it started you know the the concern would be that it would just be a, a distraction because ultimately there's there's no prizes for making a good documentary in a football club you know you need to get promoted and you need to run the club sustainably but actually i think we became converted because because we saw the power that the first series had and and, and one of the things that we haven't discussed is not only how it how it engaged our core fan base but how it is um 
how it's engaged people who've never thought of Leeds United. I mean, it's the, mm. it's the, the wonderful thing of the, you know, the, the Amazon platform that, you know, people are watching this, you know, we've had letters and calls and I've, and I've met people from across the world who have, who are, you know, who are effectively now Leeds United fans because they've been brought into the emotion of the documentary. And I think one of the reasons why it works so well is it is, you know, I think both series are, are shot in a, in an emotional way. It's not a, it's not a fly on the wall looking for drama or looking for comedy or, or, or looking to ridicule anybody. It's actually, I think it actually captures the emotion of the team and, and the supporters in the city. Yeah. And that's something that supporters from, uh, or, or, or football fans from around the world have, uh, have, have, have kind of bought into. And as, as we all do, you know, when, when we're on Amazon as a platform, you stumble into something that you might have never chosen to watch, and you know we, we get some really strange letters from from people who are now following the fortunes of of Leeds United from uh, from various places around the globe, even though, even if they've never had any interest in in, in football previously, and, that, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Is that one of the draws for you then? Because pre- presumably, like you know, we, we outlined at the beginning, there are there are a lot of things that could go wrong uh, from your perspective when you go through a process like this. What are the things that could go right? I mean, what are the benefits of doing it? Is it is it to engage a, a new audience who wouldn't necessarily have been au fait with Leeds Leeds before? I think it's it's twofold. I think one was to to tell the story to existing fans of of how us as custodians yeah. of the club and the team and, and Marcelo how we were working towards uh, towards that aim. And actually, I think it, it helped last season because when we failed in the in the playoffs, I think the fan base th- th- saw through the documentary that. You know, you couldn't really blame anybody um, yeah. in terms of in terms of their desire or commitment. So I think that's been important. And and the second thing is certainly around about uh, about new supporters. I was you know I did an an interview with uh, NBC last week when they're sort of introducing Leeds United to to American supporters. Why should if you're going to follow soccer in America, should you be a Leeds United fan? And I think the documentary ends up being a, a wonderful advert for why you yeah. should become emotionally invested in in in, in the club. Yeah. I'm glad you've said that word advert because I want to ask Anouk a question about this process. One of the general criticisms of these sorts of documentaries, and I would like to say, by the way, I think this is very, very different to some of the other pieces that have been released recently. But there are, there are obviously, um, you know, commercial upsides to to doing this, whether it is from the, the very sort of basic season review or something for the fans or as it is, you know, something to, to reach new people. Anouk, how do you deal with the sort of, uh, with the balance? How do you find the line uh, between obviously getting as much access as you possibly can creating something which is you know uh, interesting to watch sort of if you're not a fan of the club for example or is a is a valid uh, genuine piece of you know artwork and then also uh, I suppose going along with what the club's aims would be as well in doing that because there has to be a balance between those two things otherwise projects like this don't exist how do you deal with 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 people who think that uh, these sorts of programs are just adverts for the club from a point of view and from from a documentary point of view we just focus on trying to tell a good story. There is no bigger reasoning behind it. How do we balance that? This is, this is not how we looked at it from the beginning. So we, we felt that this was an interesting story. We The people in the club involved and, and it turned out beautifully. And, and I'm, I'm very happy that it works out for the club as well. Also abroad. And I, I must uh, say now it's the last two weeks um, because the the second season is is uh, non is non exclusively on amazon so we've been approached by a lot of broadcasters with the start of the premier league saying well we are airing premier league guys can we please have the documentary because we want to explain to you know fans 
uh, and local viewers of the Premier League. Who is who is Leeds? Where do they come from? How? What's the background of that club? And that 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 documentary really helps for that, but wasn't really made for that purpose. But that it it serves that purpose is I think it, it's uh, it's a good thing. And also purely looking for it from a business point of view, from a documentary point of view, it's is a good thing that it's a product that everybody wants. So. <laughs> <laughs> true, that is true. Hey Seb, did you know that Harry's sponsors the Tifo Football Podcast? I do now. And Alex, did you know that as a listener of ours, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. pence. I have a beard though. Yeah. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover, simply by going to harrys.com forward slash TIFO right now. That's harrys.com forward slash TIFO. Angus, um, football players, a football player's career is quite a sort of um, a risk-averse um, enterprise. Were there any... Um were there any concerns from your from your first team about about this as a concept? There were the natural concerns about uh, about uh, you know what was going to be required required of them. Um, but again, the you know the, the the team on the ground just just sort of seamlessly um, uh, integrated themselves into into the training ground. And actually, you know, you can capture the key is to be there regularly and 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 you know and almost and almost permanently so so you can you can you can capture the moments as they happen so rather than it becoming a labor for the players and saying oh you've got to go sit down and speak to speak to the camera crew for for an hour and you know, we need a big interview from you you know they were caught in 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 you know bits of 30 seconds a minute you know sit down as you come back from training to, and and i think you know that that's the way they like to work and i think that also makes it that that also makes it more 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 natural i think obviously marcelo was um was uh, was more reluctant um but i actually think the uh, the 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 end product almost captures uh, marcelo perfectly because he comes across as as this sort of a lone kind of you know eccentric sort of remote character who's a, <laughs> who's who's a uh, uh, who's an enigma which is exactly what he is so uh, you know I, I think his 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 sort of fleeting appearances actually uh, actually lend itself to 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 exactly what is the sort of mystery of the man, you know, if you know him. I, I was going to say that actually, having watched it at the beginning, I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't more. And then I realised every time Marcelo Bielsa did appear, it was to sort of do some wistful voiceover about the social fabric in Leeds. <laughs> and it was at the perfect moment in the interview. And I sort of felt, it, you know, it had more had more levity because he wasn't there the whole time. Uh, at the end of the, the second episode, when he's um, hugging the players after promotion, I think, you you know, you get a lot without actually very much of, of him screen time wise. I did want to ask you about his attitude towards it. I mean, you kind of explained it, it there in your answer. So from your perspective, were you worried at all uh, at the beginning of the first series that, um, you know, Bielsa, who, who has a kind of reputation for being an exacting character and sometimes sort of leaving clubs very abruptly, were you worried at all that he just might leave? Not in this one. I think I think it was it was, it was was very clear that we couldn't do anything which would, would in, you know, impinge on on what he saw as, as the team's technical preparation, um, and we and we didn't do that. And, and it's you know it's a it's a very different feel from from uh, you know the Spurs documentary, which where you know Mourinho has clearly been made the star, and 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 it's it's all about him. <laughs> Um, this, it's this, kind of refreshing this, to watch this after having watched that, by the way, <laughs> for, um, for that very reason. 
you know, I don't think we were, we'd, I don't think we'd ever get Marcelo to, to, to you know, to, 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 to do that in in any way. But but I think it is, you know, for me the um, the reaction that he had with the players at the end, and, and I'm a guy who you know deals with him every day. That was as surprising to me as it was to the viewers. And right. that sort of, that, I think that's why it captures it well, because I didn't even, th- you know, my, if you'd have asked me before, I, I wouldn't have thought he'd have turned up yeah. for, the, for the celebration at the, at the, at the ground. And it's a really I, lovely you know, moment. And yeah. that's just, that's just truly, truly natural. And here's this guy who is, who is very remote, you know, he's not, um, he is, you know, he's, he's sort of, he's pulling the strings at a, at a very high level and he's not, he's not involved with the players you know, with long conversations day by day, he's very, very selective about the moments he, he, he spends, you know, he spends times with them and how he interacts. Um, and I think sort of, I think, I think the documentary really, really, really captured that. And, and I also think it's, there's probably, few, there's very few people in football who can talk so eloquently about the link between a football club and the social fabric of a city. And he does that in such a credible and, uh, uh, and, and, and personal way. that I think that adds a, that adds another, another di- another dynamic to it i don't you know i think i think your old school uh, old school english managers perhaps don't uh, view the role of football quite as philosophically yeah what's he actually like to work with on a day-to-day basis angus uh, he's i mean he's uniquely challenging um i think the fact that he's uh, um you know left clubs that he's worked at within days and weeks the fact that i think we're now his his longest employer coming into the to, coming into the third year wow. he's uh, ferociously uh, exacting in terms of his standards and and, and his requirements um, but um, you know I, I think he's also in 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 the world of football coaching I think you know genius is a is a word that you you, you know you can't really yeah. use very often but I think you can I think you can apply it to him when I deal with him you know I often get you know, I, I sort of get imposter syndrome because uh, this, you know, I'm, I'm just listening to this guy, you know, wax lyrical about, um, about, you know, the technical details of a game or a player. And, you know, it's so insightful. And after, you know, I've, I've worked in football for 20 years and you spend an hour with him and you realize you don't understand the game at all, <laughs> which is pretty humbling. I have to say, though, presumably you're doing something, um, Absolutely right. If you are, if you are Marcelo Bielsa's longest, um, longest employer, uh, congratulations is probably the thing, the thing to say there. Good job, well done. Um, and look, can it's I, can I ask you? <laughs> yeah. uh, can I ask you about other projects that might occur under under the uh, Eleven banner? Because when we were doing some some, some research for this, uh, we found that there was a little advert for a future PSG series, um, and I wondered, are you, are you involved in that, or can you talk about that? But it's a little bit early to talk about um, those projects. Um, with with Neo Studios and Eleven, we we are looking and starting up uh, sports related documentaries, not only in football. So we um, right. are ramping up to do a sumo documentary uh, really soon. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, completely different, um, but also <laughs> we have some great characters in Japan um, telling you know the the really insights of, of that sumo sumo world, which is, I think, to an international audience, uh, interesting uh, as well. We are looking at a documentary uh, on Extreme E, which we are, are pre-producing now. So there is a, a lot of uh, things going on, also non-football related, um, but also f- always for us, it's you know, looking for, you know, interesting stories, interesting angles um, that we want to tell. So 
Well, what do you think it is from a creative perspective about, about sports that that just works in the documentary format? Because we, we've seen more and more recently. I think I think back to to the release of, of uh, the documentary Senna, which I can't remember how many years ago that was now, maybe six or seven, uh, and it just it performed uh, you know exceptionally well. Maradona, the Maradona one, its time in Napoli came out recently, and I feel like there's been a sort of increasing number of these sorts of um, these sorts of uh, films as well as series like Take Us Home. What is it about sports that that suits this format f- for you? But I think in 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 any sport, in people that love a club or love a sport really engage with live content, and we see that across you know obviously being part of eleven sports, where everything is about live content. You see a lot of engagement around that. But what is lacking is the 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 insights and behind the that life uh, yeah. world so how does it, how does this work who are those people how how does this even sport works or, or the, what are the challenges what are the you know the setbacks the victories the that kind of thing it really i've seen it's it's working and engaging with with that audience that, that engages with live content because they just yeah. want to know more and if, you, if you're a fan of something you you want to want to know as much as you can and if you are able to to bring that type of content with the right access and and you know the right again characters and and storylines. Uh, I'm sure that that uh, there will be much more engagement that can be a success in the future, even more than it's today. Thank you very much, Anouk and Angus, for for coming. Also, congratulations. I really did enjoy um, the the two episodes. Are there are there more coming out, or is it just two? It's for for this season. You mean? So it's, it's yeah, just two. Yeah. So just it, two. as I, I think the the story take us home, leads us home, is 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 told beautifully, and maybe there is room for a next story. Okay, well that sort of answers my mm. follow up question. Uh, but uh, <laughs> congratulations, uh, it's 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 a really good job, well done. We will be back next week with uh, something probably not as good as this because Angus and Anouk won't be on it, but uh, we, we'll be here. So tune in, tune in if you like. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, goodbye. Mm-hmm.